ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. All right, welcome to Launchpad Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Matt. And Matt, today we are doing we're doing another fun one. I'm excited about this. <laughs> Unlike all those boring episodes. <laughs> oh yeah, all that predator versus other guys. But <laughs> no, this is definitely this is one of those things that that one of us comes up with an idea and we shoot it to you like, hey, what if we did an episode about this? And we're immediately on board. This was something I thought of a while ago while watching a movie. I was like, wouldn't it be funny if that character wrote a letter to that character? That's yeah. not not anything that appears in the movie. And just like basically an inner monologue of what happened between those two characters. I thought that would be really funny. And I in my head, I wrote that letter. And then I texted Rumi or called Rumi. I was like, hey, what do you think about that? And he was immediately on board. So I'm sure you had the same thing I did where you were like, oh, this would be a, this would be a good. Oh, wait, this would be a good one. And then suddenly now I have like 10 different letters that I have here. Yeah, I have a bunch of letters here. So what this is, is. Characters in movies, background characters or other characters, or maybe even made characters, we'll see, but a correspondence of some sort, something they've written, a diary perhaps. Uh, I have a Yelp review in mine. Uh, (laughs) Awesome. I almost did a Yelp review. So I got some fun stuff. So where do we start, Rumi? What do you got? Lay one on me. What do you got? This is one of the first ones. This one's not going to be my strongest because I, this is the first one I did, but this is the one that gave me the idea. Okay. Okay. Dear Master Shredder, I just wanted to write you a quick note of thanks. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate all the free cigarettes and beer. It's nice to finally meet an adult who understands the value of playing arcade games while listening to bitchin' 90s hip-hoppy rock music blasting in an old East warehouse on Lairdman Island. My mom never lets me skateboard in the house, let alone inches above my friends' heads. Having (laughs) Having all the foresight of the average teenager... I cannot see a downside to this situation, even though there was a giant talking rat chained to the wall, covered in blood and bruises from what must have been multiple beatings. <laughs> anyway, gotta get ready now. We're about to go fight another ninja gang in the sewers of all places. Thanks again, Brian. <laughs> oh, this is exactly what I wanted it to be. Right off the bat, Slaying it. I love that. We're, of course, talking about the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. The kid, like, because this was such a funny thing when you're watching it and you're like, I, I get it. He's created that, like, island from Pinocchio. Right, yeah, exactly. But instead of turning him into donkeys, he turns him into something way Ninjas. cooler. <laughs> Ninja Foot Clan. Turns him into something way cooler. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it is like a mix of, like, Lost Boys and Pinocchio shit. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. The rat chained in the corner. <laughs> oh my gosh. Having all oh, the foresight yeah. of the average teenager, I cannot see a downside to the situation. Even though oh. there was a giant talking rat chained to the wall, covered in blood and bruises. <laughs> I love that, dude. That is phenomenal. All right. Mm, where do I start? All right. I'm going to start with this one. Dear University of Denver Paleontology Program, thank you for allowing my family to visit your archaeological dig site in Montana for your <laughs> family digs program. It was very educational. I am writing, however, regarding an incident with one of your members, a Dr. Alan Grant. While on tour of your site, Dr. Grant threatened my son. Dr. Grant used a six-inch fossil claw to pantomime a dinosaur slashing my son's chest, groin, or belly and described his intestines falling out. He finished by saying that this particular dinosaur would eat my son alive. I find Dr. Grant's behavior appalling and will withdraw my support from the university. I think you should consider removing Dr. Grant from his position and be thankful we are not taking legal action. Concerned mother, Allie Lampanelli. (laughs) Is that the actual character name? No, I couldn't find it. The character's name is Volunteer Boy, and we don't know who the parents are. We never find anything Lampinelli else out. Lampinelli is awesome. That, that, that's oh, like the cherry on top. I should have read it in a voice where I'm like, Dear University of Denver Paleontology Program. Because, like, he threatens this kid, scares the kid, piss pants scares this kid. In front of everybody, too. He humiliates yeah. a child in front of every, like a everybody. bunch of other adults. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's just kind of laughing and yeah, shaking like, their yeah, head. Fuck that kid. You show that fat, <laughs> ugly kid who's here for who knows why. 
You show him Dr. Alan Grant. Oh, my God. That's hysterical. I did look up that Dr. Alan Grant was working for the Denver University of Denver. <laughs> I figured you looked it up. <laughs> oh, that was that made me laugh. Have you heard the online theory that that kid then turns into Chris Pratt in the latest movie? Yes, I have. Blech. I have heard that. Stupid. <laughs> Shut up, Internet. You're stupid. I have heard that one before. <laughs> I love it. Love it. This is this is going to be fun. <laughs> I'm also glad these are blind. We don't we don't know. We don't know what each other yes. chose. We don't know anything. I was really concerned that you and I would have like crossover ones or like get a bunch of the same ones. I am no longer concerned no, about that. No, and I'm pretty like think about the pool that we pulled from, but also even if yeah. we both did Ninja Turtles, they would be different. Even if we both did Letters to Shredder from those boys, they would be different. Yeah. So I knew it wasn't. And I I love hearing things for the first time from you on the show. There are times where we have to coordinate stuff or yeah. even if it's like some stuff, but I think that's our, our strongest stuff is when we surprise each other and make each other laugh. <laughs> so, all right, I'm going to try again. You ready? All right. <clears throat> Dear Billy, I'm just going to put all my cards on the table here. I feel that you don't want to be my friend and I can't figure out why. We've been working together for years now and I feel we have a great working relationship. There are a few people I'd rather be stranded in the jungle with. <laughs> but the last few jobs, I've really put myself out there trying to extend my hand in friendship. I admit that asking you to be my plus one to my cousin's wedding may have been too much too quick, but you could have accepted my invite to movie night. Even Blaine came to that one. I didn't take it personally, though. In fact, I kept trying to make you like me. I let you borrow my Sergeant Rock comic books, and I told you every fucking joke I know, even the dumb ones. I even said the P word, even though my girlfriend doesn't like me being so crass when discussing her larger than normal Volvo with my coworkers. <laughs> Sigh. Anyway, I'm digressing. I just want to know if you want to be my friend or not. Please check yes or no and pass this note back. Hawkins. <laughs> You're with me, right? From Predator. <laughs> the best is Rumi and I are Skyping. So while we're reading these notes to each other, we can watch each other's face as we start to figure out where we're going with this. I, I totally was I <sighs> totally didn't get it until you said Blaine and Hawkins. Yes, I figured and that was that was because you know, you have the jungle, you have the last few jobs, a good working relationship. Yeah. You didn't come to movie night, but even Blaine came to that one. Blaine is Jesse Ventura's character. Yeah. Sergeant Rock comic. He's, He's reading, reading it in, in the, the helicopter, helicopter and then also during the, the, the curtain call at the end. Uh, this is uh, Shane Black's character plays Hawkins, the guy with the glasses and the original Predator. Yeah. He's got a comic book and uh, I even said the P word, even though my girlfriend doesn't like me being so crashed. Because <laughs> they have that horrible conversation. <laughs> it's like him making jokes that Billy, like he makes two jokes about how big his girlfriend's vagina is yeah. in, in that movie. And, the second one Billy laughs at, but uh, <laughs> and I actually I, the, my one of my favorite parts is please check yes or no and pass this note back. <laughs> you can imagine they're on the they're on the uh, the helicopter. Ooh baby, yeah baby. <laughs> Will you be my friend? <laughs> Will you be my friend? <laughs> <clears throat> Hysterical man, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty fucking funny, dude. Oh man, I got a tough one now. All right. Now I am going to read and, and this is one that my wife helped me come up with. She gave me this idea and we kind of ran with it. This is okay. a ratemyprofessor.com posting. <laughs> okay. Ratemyprofessor.com review of Dr. Jones. <laughs> Dr. Jones is rarely in class and prefers field work to teaching, which by all accounts, he sounds completely reckless. He's never in his office, and once I saw him jump out of a window to avoid office hours. That's no way to treat your students. He made us buy his book for class, but we never use it. That's like a $400 book, by the way. <laughs> Ever since he found the holy grail he is completely checked out i'm pretty sure he's sleeping with some of his students steer clear of this absent archaeologist <laughs> and then the next one underneath was just uh, an emoji and when the eyes closed it said love you yes yes <laughs> <laughs> 
that's awesome, man. I'm I'm on board for that. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is exactly what I wanted it to be. Um, Hysterical. All right, I, I'll 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 give you one that my wife helped me with too. All right. This is one that I I I was telling her what we were gonna do, like the idea of these. Yeah. But like, she doesn't know Billy and Hawkins. She doesn't know. Um, you know, Ninja Turtle kids in shredders. Like she's seen it, but she doesn't give a fuck. Like, she wouldn't get it. Yeah. The one idea I had, I was like, hey, I'm thinking of writing a letter from this character to this character about this. And she's like, no, do it in this vein. And her changing that perspective, it was so much funnier. So she gets a story by credit for this. I still get the writing credit, but she gets a story by. <laughs> oh, good. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> to my Romeo, or should I say to some brown haired sluts Romeo, that's right. I saw you at the Capulet party the other night with that girl. Ugh. I mean, I can't believe your taste just dropped so far in the span of a few days, but whatever. Juliet is like, so, well, I'm not going to talk shit about another girl. If you want to get with some skank ass hoe, go ahead. I just want to. <laughs> if you want to get with some skank ass hoe, go ahead. I just wanted to let you know I am over you. Like, so over you. I just didn't want you to be sitting there waiting, thinking I was going to like call or something because I'm not. I actually feel bad for Juliet because I know how it feels to have you like standing outside my window yelling poems and shit. It's sad. <laughs> just it's sad. That's what it is. Whatever, though. I'm hanging out with this cool guy now. His name is Todd. He's a musician. I'm really, <laughs> really happy and like so over you. I don't need to talk to you. So like, don't write me back. Don't come over and don't try to get in touch with me or whatever because I'm over you. So yeah, don't worry about me. Just focus on you and your like little girlfriend or whatever. <laughs> then I wrote PFFF. Yeah, I'm over it. Take care. I hope you're happy. I really do because like I'm over you now. Rosaline. Yes. <laughs> Are you with me on that oh, one too? Oh, totally, man. Uh, I did a lot of Shakespeare in high school. I love me some Shakespeare. So this was so great. The second you were like, I hope you haven't fun with your little Juliet and whatever. I was like, oh, it's Rosaline. You knew it? I see. I thought that was fun. And I also think like, you guys all think we're going to write predator letters, but I wanted to write a Romeo and Juliet Shakespearean letter. Rosaline is the girl that Romeo was in love with before Juliet. And when the play opens, he's going on and on about how she won't return his affections and how like yeah. he's so obsessed with her. So I told Amanda that I was going to write a letter from Rosaline saying that she was going to try to take him back because she saw him at the party. And Amanda was like, no, send it. And I've had a lot of experience with girls telling me that they're over me. <laughs> Amanda was like, no, do it like that. And I was like, oh, that would be even better. And once I started writing it, that I'm is, not going to talk shit about another girl, but if you want to get with some skank ass hoe, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> that is too funny, dude. If you're a, if you're a bitchy 16 year old girl, let me know if I did a good job with that letter. <laughs> that's exactly what they sound like. Oh, that's too funny. Was there any point where you were trying to write that and I am a pentameter? No, that would have been good though. <laughs> that would have been I didn't hard think about as it. fuck. <laughs> I have another. I have an. There was two letters that I wanted to write with like a lot of thought went into them, and I ended up just doing one because it was. It, it was a lot mm -hmm. and I'm really invested in it. So I hope you like it, but All right. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that one. All right. Here's, here's one of the ones that I like a lot. Dear Mr. Wonka, while my family is very grateful to you for your generosity, I don't think you truly thought through the ramifications of leaving my son, Charlie in charge of your multi-million dollar candy company. <laughs> He's 11. Upon taking control of the company, we discovered there to be many issues plaguing your factory. Were you aware of the severe violations of labor law your company was committing? The forced captivity and enslavement of little orange men is just the beginning. It's a severely hazardous work environment. You've also left behind a litany of lawsuits from the very parents of children you endangered, deformed, and in two cases murdered on Charlie's tour. <laughs> They're still cleaning the gloop kid out of the pipes. Your financials are a mess as well. I'm beginning to suspect you ditched your train wreck of a company on an 11-year-old boy. We are working with the authorities and plan to fully cooperate with helping them track you down. Burn in hell, you creep, Mrs. Bucket. <laughs> I like the dig at the end of the burn in hell. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those ones like Charlie and Chocolate Factory is such like a childhood fantasy dream where it's like, yay, now I'm in charge of the Chocolate Factory. I'm like, you're in charge of like a billion dollar company and like everybody is you're just gonna collapse this thing into the ground <laughs> <laughs> i like it that was pretty funny that is a good one i feel like you could do like some of these could full out be like like uh 
you know, funny or die sketches or, you know, SNL yeah, sketches. Totally. Like you could easily see these as sketches. I have like two quickies. You want to give you two quickies? Yeah, do a quick one. And I got a quick okay. one too. This one simply says, Dear Reagan, thanks for letting me stay with you. I've really enjoyed my stay and will leave a good review on Yelp. The devil. <laughs> <laughs> Demon possession Yelp. It's like, <laughs> Reagan was a very generous host, kept things clean and really freaked out the clergy. Thank you. We'll stay again. <laughs> Parents were a little bit of a bitch. <laughs> Plus, spacious apartment, plenty of green pea soup. Downsides, <laughs> big staircase. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. I got another sh- another horror shorty, too. All right, do it. Dear Georgie, sigh, <laughs> clowns don't hang out in the sewer, stupid. Sincerely, Pennywise. <laughs> <laughs> You're killing me. <laughs> and it's written on an unfolded boat. <laughs> awesome <laughs> all right here is another one that uh this is my wife's idea and i kind of just uh you know her hers was idea by and i i wrote it out so this is an internal memo from little nero's pizza this memo is to let all delivery personnel know that 671 lincoln avenue is banned from any further deliveries dan went over there last night with a single cheese pizza and was stiffed on the bill Worse than that, they threatened him and fired a weapon at him. Little Nero stands by the safety of its employees and will notify the authorities. No more pizza for the McAllister's management. <laughs> Little Home Alone joke for you there. They fired a weapon at him. I would, I would, I would love to send back a letter to Little Nero's from the McAllister's and be like, your your delivery person for the second time this week knocked our statue over. <laughs> we have repeatedly asked him to please pull up on the driveway. <laughs> That's hysterical. Yeah. For, for for people who don't know, this is Home Alone, the pizza guy. <laughs> Kevin orders a pizza for himself and the pizza guy goes around <laughs> back and we get the first time Kevin's messing around with the angels of filthy souls, like audio on like hitting play and stop. Who the hell is it? Uh, it's little Nero's pizza, sir. <laughs> yeah, what do you want? It's like, uh, I have your pizza. He's like, <laughs> you have to pay for your pizza, sir. Oh, leave it on the doorstep. Get the hell out. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, ten. ten. <laughs> we should do another episode where we respond to these letters. Oh, that would be hysterical, too. <laughs> we should respond to each other's. Oh, so here's here's another short one. This is a Yelp review for the Furniture King in Park Plaza Mall. (laughs) I went here looking for a mattress at the Furniture King in the mall. The employees were friendly, but the mattresses I tested were sticky and unsanitary. That's right. (laughs) Mattresses, plural. Now, one is forgivable, but come on, four? How disgusting. I know you're all about security with those new robots and all, but you should care about cleanliness, too. Your robots look dumb. I will be taking my business to George Barry's. Zero stars. Don't shop here. Your robots look dumb. So, I like that you said that to the to the mattress store people. <laughs> right? Like the, the, the robots were for the whole mall. They weren't for the mattress store. A little shopping mall for you. Here's, here's a fun little Easter egg in here. Do you know who George Barry is? Um... Mattress. I'm going to guess it's a Mattress King from another... It's a ghost director. They don't know who this man is, but it's the director's name on the movie Deathbed, The Bed That Eats. He's not the actual director? Well, they don't know who the actual director is. That's the name that on the director, but he doesn't seem to exist. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe it was directed by a ghost. Ooh. <laughs> Digression. Maybe it was the director ghost who lived behind a painting. Ooh, even better. From, from Deathbed, The Bed That Eats. <laughs> That movie sucks. You wouldn't think that there'd be a ghost behind a painting in a movie called Deathbed, The Bed That Eats. <laughs> also, like another title could have been Ghost Behind a Picture in the Wall. <laughs> uh, so you got a movie called Chopping Mall, one of the greatest titles. We've talked about it on the show before. I love this Multiple movie. Multiple times, I think. Yeah. It's, a, it's a great movie, but stupid looking robots that Ruby doesn't like the way they look. And <laughs> the premise is... These robots go crazy and start getting ready to kill people who are in the mall and a bunch of teenagers decide to stay in the mall and bang in the mattress store all night <laughs> that they work in. Some of them work there, but they're all banging like 
close to each other. <laughs> yeah, not far enough away. There is not enough separation between their friends and in the, the showroom floor. Yes. Like you know what I mean? Like it's not in different rooms. It's a giant floor, and they're all like, except the two nerds are just watching. I think they're watching them, but <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I also like that someone like they came in to open the mall cleaned up dead bodies, opened up that store, which probably was all messed up, at least from partying, if not from robot murder. And they were like, just pull the comforter over it. It's fine. (laughs) They're like, but sir, it looks like there's jizz here and there's also blood and the bed is at least disheveled. They were like, just pull the comforter up. Can't let it stop business. (laughs) The show must go on. (laughs) I think I love Chopping Mall more than I should. I really like this movie. (laughs) <laughs> it's hysterically bad. <laughs> I got a letter for you. Oh, me. yeah. Lay it on me, bro. All right, ready? Yeah. Dear Aaron McLean, we're just writing to let you know that, no, you can't be in the Warriors. Ever. You are not tough enough. You are not <laughs> badass enough. You are not cool enough. And we're not just saying that because you made fun of us and our movie a few years ago. We wouldn't let you in our gang, and we let in a guy named Swan and another guy named Snowball. <laughs> We wouldn't even let you be Rembrandt's bitch. You are a tiny little bitch, though. Every member of the Lizzie's is more manly than you. (laughs) If you'd like to discuss this further, come on down to the Big Coney. We dare you. Come out to play the Warriors. Oh, my gosh. And before you guys go, damn, why is Matt getting all harsh on Rumi? Uh, we used to bash each other so hard, not only over this movie, but a a lot of different things that we would like... (laughs) like just rib on each other for and like we would leave each other like rhymes and notes (laughs) about like what a shitty warrior you are like how like the lamest warrior could still kick your ass (laughs) (laughs) well because Rumi this is a movie that I think is super fucking cool like there are few movies in my mind that could be possibly cooler than the warriors I just think it's so friggin badass every time I see it Rumi watched it and was like, eh, which to me, I was like, wait, what do you mean, eh? And he was like, eh, it's not that good. They don't even fight that much. They get their asses kicked. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) And like, it was one of those, like, I could not understand what the fuck, like, how could he not think this was super cool, let alone, like, I, I, he had so many things to complain about. And I was like, but this movie is fucking bonkers awesome. And to this day, we just still have not been able to meet eye to anything on this right i think i think we're gonna have to watch this movie at some point and watch it together and figure out what what the fuck's going on maybe we can do it as like an event like we'll stream it somehow and people can watch the warriors with us and we'll just argue about the warriors oh wouldn't it be cool if we could do like a live screening somewhere like we're sit down together and do oh. it like almost like live shitty movie sunday somewhere yeah and then afterwards have a debate about the warriors that would be super cool and those guys are all old and don't do anything, so they always try to like go to those screenings. So oh. we can try to get them in there. I, here's one of those things. It's like I think because the feud has gotten so big over the Warriors that like I think we probably see eye to eye closer than you think, but it's just funnier to let it, the rift grow. Oh yes, I mean, see, I thought this is one of those things that like we will never concede to each other. Like, no, I'll never be like, eh, it's not that good, and you're never gonna be like, oh, actually, it is pretty good. No matter what. And if for no other reason, yeah, for the joke, because it's funny to keep saying that. <laughs> I just, I honestly can't believe that you don't think it's, like, if, if I was going to go, like, do a sporting event tonight, or, like, be in a brawl, or needed, like, someone to pump me up, that would be, that would be on one of my pump-up movies, for sure. Oh, I would rather watch Crank. I can see why you'd say that. I don't necessarily disagree, but I would choose differently, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, we'll get it's into the so Warriors good. at a later date. That's hysterical. This is uh, a diary entry from a little boy. Because <laughs> little boys love their diaries. <laughs> dear diary, today the whole class went on a picnic. I saw a frog and caught a worm. And Claude Daigle drowned. Boy, that made teacher mad. Oh, Steve Dillard got roller skates for his birthday. I hope I get Lincoln Logs. I already got some skates. I almost won a spelling bee, but I came in third. Rhoda Penmark <laughs> beat me. I'm glad, though. She said if I won, she hit me with her shoe. Tomorrow, we don't got school, seeing that cloud dead. Oh, well. <laughs> Guess we're going to need a new shortstop on the team. Yours truly, <laughs> Billy. 
Do boys sign their diaries? Yours truly? I don't know. <laughs> that's the only issue I take with that. That's hysterical. Uh, that's from uh, The Bad Seed, right? Yep. Uh, the movie that just got remade by Rob Lowe. I, I haven't seen it yet, so I wonder if that's any good. But yeah, we love us some Bad Seed. Rhoda Penmark kills a kid for a penmanship medal or a spelling bee medal or something like that. Penmanship. I think it was penmanship. But yeah, it's about... Uh, it's awesome. It's If you guys haven't seen it, I think it was the 50s. It's so fucking good across the board. Yeah. Almost as good as like uh, Night of the Hunter. You guys know how much I love that movie. But I'm psyched, dude, that this... that. That I like, I feel like I through the show introduced you to Bad Seed. Yep. And now it's it's a pull for you. Like you bring it up a lot. Like as as much as we talk about different movies, you talk about Bad Seed a good chunk. And for you to to parody it in this fashion, I feel like I I feel like I have done at least a little bit to cut to to broaden your horizons as far as uh, awesome old movies. Yeah, that's a great one. I really think that's a good one. That's a good letter too, and I love that you read it in a lisp. <laughs> So we had this book called The Billy Letters and Kate and I would like read it to each other and I did get that voice a lot. And The Billy Letters is an adult man who would write like famous people letters as Billy and like he would write- Was a like, kid? Yeah. He, he pretended would, to be a kid? He pretended to be a kid and he'd write like <laughs> presidents, he would write senators, he'd write serial killers. Like he got a letter back from Charlie Manson. <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> and Charlie Manson like sent him a picture of a barn and it's kind of creepy oh I think I've heard that specific one the the the, the Charlie Manson one the it, barn it's pretty funny and the book is amazing because like while he's saying these things he's kind of poking fun at them and like kind of just giving them little digs but as a little kid it's it's really there it's a funny book the Billy letters are really funny <laughs> that was good well I'm gonna save my voice one for another no no I got two voices I'll do one voice now ready Go. If you know this from the name, you are a dork, but I don't think you will. Okay. Even you, Rumi, will. Ready? Will Rowe, you no good, <laughs> back-ass excuse for a man. I just got back from work. Not only a find, god dang stormtroopers all over the entire city, but your ass is just gone? You left? Julian 4B told me that Administrator Calrissian came over the PA saying the Empire was taking over or something, and everybody had to escape or something, and people were all leaving, and it looks like you just bolted, your shoes are gone, your keys aren't here, and your speeder isn't parked downstairs. But what really gets my nerf is that not only did you leave the door unlocked and not even turn the oven off, but the Empire is coming to take over our planet, and you didn't take anything important with you? You didn't bring the photo albums. You didn't grab my jewelry. Wilro, you left the children in the playroom. What the hell? You didn't leave empty-handed, though, did you? Oh, no. You took something. It wasn't a suitcase. It wasn't our bank info. You took the ice cream maker? The ice cream maker? Why? Of everything in the apartment, would you take that? You're lactose intolerant. <laughs> this is the last straw, Wilro Hood. We are through. I hope you enjoy a hot go fudge yourself Sunday with two scoops of chocolate chip cookie. Don't come back. <laughs> the now ex Mrs. Hood. <laughs> I'm going to dive right into this from here. Dear Mama, boy, I've had quite a week. It all started when this fight broke out in the reactor shaft. I was in the shop working on that new flavor, Jawa juice. When I heard the ruckus and looked out the window, and sure enough, down in the gantry, this dude in a helmet was whooping his kid's ass. Some, in the arboretum, right? In the, in the atrium, in the atrium of the lobby. <laughs> some sort of parentage dispute. Anyway, shortly after that, admi the administrator, Calrissian, comes on the intercom and says, The Empire is taking control of the city. I advise everyone to leave before more Imperial troops arrive. Not what I wanted to hear on a Monday. <laughs> So people are panicking, thinking fast. I grabbed the lifeblood of the Hood family business, my granddad's ice cream maker. I saved it, Mama. I know Dad would be proud if he were alive. Anyway, I ran back to my place and turned on the TV to see what was happening. And sure enough, the feed goes out. I look out my window, and you wouldn't believe what I saw. 
that kid who got his ass whooped missing a hand hanging off my TV antenna. <laughs> hanging there like a limp bug knot. <laughs> After a minute, a Corellian light freighter flies up like three feet from my window and the kid drops in. What a day. Even though the Empire controls Cloud City now, things aren't so bad. Like Granddad always said, it don't matter what side you're on. Everyone loves ice cream. Your loving son, Will Rohood. <laughs> Dude, we wrote the one thing that we've overlapped so far is the fucking ice cream maker guy from Empire Strikes <laughs> Will Rohood. Now, and how awesome that we both wrote different letters. Like, I wrote a bitchy letter from his wife, <laughs> and you wrote this, like, homestyle fashion great family letter. <laughs> Now, anybody who right now is going, the fuck are these nerds talking about? <laughs> in Empire Strikes Back, when Lando Carizian comes on the intercom and goes, the Empire has taken over Cloud City. Get out while you still can. You see everybody panicking and running. And one of the most notable people to us nerds is a guy running with what looks like an ice cream maker. It is an ice cream maker. <laughs> And it's been like this notorious thing where like, you know, the prop guys just gave him that and told him to start running and he did. But it's become a thing of notoriety in the Star Wars fandom. Yeah. You know, like we all know who he is. We all know they have since made a backstory for him and he has his oh. own action figure yeah. and stuff. And now he's got a name. I know he didn't have a name back then. No, but his name he's got is a name now. Will Rowe Hood. He was a human miner who lived and worked in Cloud City. He worked for Aerofilter, a mining company sympathetic to the Alliance, to the Republic, and like according to the nerd backstory, that thing isn't an ice cream maker. It's like a a core, like some sort of um, memory core to a computer system that showed that Bespin was helping the Alliance with, uh, you know. Oh, so he's like a hero. Yeah. Why does everyone have to be like integral to everything that happens? Right. Yeah. But yeah, he uh, he's a hero. <laughs> I also love that, and the nerdiest of you hopefully will have seen that both Aaron and I did a turn of phrase with a Star Wars word in it. Uh, I, instead of writing what really gets my goat, I wrote what really gets my nerf. Yes. A nerf is a type of farm animal in the Star Wars universe, similar to a goat. And Rumi said, like a limp Ugnot, Ugnots are the little pigmen that work on Cloud City. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I am so happy with how that turned out. To do this, I had to look up the script to find out what the location, the actual locations of reactor core and like the, the <laughs> where, where they call it the gantry. The thing that they're fighting on was called the mm -hmm. gantry, like interior gantry. Luke fight star. Like I had to look up at what point in the story Lando that you see them start fighting and what point Lando calls over the intercom. Right, right, like, right. <laughs> I did so some like research. The, the timeline, the chronology of what you're saying pans out. Yes. Is what you're telling us. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and if you need to check that, go check out our Empire Wives Back episode where we're, our drunk wives tell each other and us about what happens there. And they describe that entire situation as Luke and Darth Vader fighting in the, the atrium yeah. of a, a hotel lobby. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dude, that makes me so fucking happy. If there was ever a, a dude I was supposed to be podcasting with, it's the other guy who chose Will Rowood. <laughs> dude, and here's the thing. I was so worried that you were going to overlap him. This was the one that I knew you had to do. Cause really? I, I knew. This was a last minute late night one for me. Like I, in the middle of the night, woke up and was like, that would be funny if his wife was <sighs> bitching about this was the one that when the second we came up with this concept, Will Rowe Hood was the one I was going to do first. And I was like, oh, no, he's going to do it, too. Rumi's totally good because we always joke about how useless this guy is and what a dopey character to become like famous for. Like what? <laughs> like I thought I thought for sure this was the one that we were going to be too identical on. Oh, no, this is this was a late one for me. This was like a late wow. night. There were a couple that I came up with. Yeah, a couple came out of late night ones where I was like, oh, I got to write this down. I'm so impressed with us right now. <laughs> I am too. I'm, And I, I knew that even if we hit near each other, it would still be different and funny. That's fucking good. Oh, I love that it, they like complimented each other too. <laughs> oh, for sure. And it also is great because it tells two completely different sides of a story that nobody asked to hear. 
<laughs> oh my god! I'm oh dying. god! That's uh, dude. I was pissing my. You must have been pissing your pants when I started knowing. I got pissed like at first because that. I was like, "God damn it! He did. He did it. I knew he was going to do it, and it was so funny, dude." Oh, see, I didn't. That was not. I thought I was being clever with that. Cookie, don't you come back? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Hot, hot. Go fudge yourself Sunday with two <laughs> scoops of chocolate chip cookie. Don't come back. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so good. So you got one more or two more? How many you got I got left? two more. One's okay. pretty big. I think that might be my closer. So here, let me do this one. This one's a, a not a shorty, but pretty short. Ready? Okay, go. To the Sherman Oaks High School Office of Attendance, please excuse John from classes the week of April 6th through April 10th. He was out of town at his uncle's, Uncle Bob, his Uncle Bob's funeral. He will resume coming to classes next week, but will need to be added to the school bus route as his dirt bike is in the shop. Oh, also, all his mail should now be sent to me as his foster parents are sick, but not Wolfie. Wolfie's just fine. Uh, Thank you. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact me at the address below. Please disregard my previous address at Pescadero State Hospital. I got better and I'm no longer there. Thanks again, Sarah Connor. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I had no clue what you were going for. The whole time? The whole time. Until Sarah Connor? Yeah. I didn't not know. Not with Pescadero, not with Wolfie. What? Oh, is Wolfie okay? I hear yeah. Wolfie barking. Wolfie's just fine, dear. Wolfie's just fine, dear. Wolfie's fine, dear. Wolfie's just fine. Dirt bike in the shop. I I remember I like dirt bike made me think it was the kid from the blob. I I couldn't I oh, oh pretty I, good. I, I don't know where they were. I didn't know the locations. Pescadero. That's the Pescadero State Hospital. It's the only one. <laughs> I think he hangs out at the mall. Yeah, I think I saw him there. <laughs> See you later, Todd. <laughs> that's funny oh, I should have said Todd and Janelle instead of his foster parents I should have said foster parents Todd and Janelle then I would have I got thought it Wolfie, I thought Wolfie was a dead giveaway but well, not Wolfie Wolfie's just fine Wolfie's just fine that made me think of that band that's funny yeah from that that they, their gimmick is that that scene that's awesome I, I, I've met the guy who is Todd He uh, he's in The Walking Dead She's not my mother, Todd. Is that what you told him? <laughs> no, he, he, he's a nice guy. He was funny. He had one of the coolest effects in the movie when that oh, thing gets pulled out of his head. Yeah. Through the it fucking milk carton? Out, yeah. But it gets pulled out in a shot, and I thought that was fucking great. Really cool. Yeah. And then the milk comes out. Super cool. I wonder how they did that. It was real. Ask him. He, he's got a scar from it. <laughs> <laughs> That is funny, though. Sarah Connor from inside the mental institution writing letters, or is it this the is Terminator? After, this is this is after Terminator Two. Yeah, letting them know why he missed a week of school and she didn't <laughs> want to say because he was being chased by a Terminator. Being chased by a Terminator. Uh, my new boyfriend will be picking up from him from school on his motorcycle. Don't worry about it. Thumbs up. <laughs> All right, I got one big one left, but what do you got? I got a little one, so I'll do that right. and then you can finish. To the Cuesta Verde Homeowners Association board members. Last night, I saw my neighbor Steve Freeling's house fold into a tiny ball and disappear. Now, I know goddamn well my insurance won't cover that shit. Believe me, I'm bringing this up at the meeting next Wednesday. Virginia is making lemon bars. Don't expect me to let this drop like the squirrel thing. I'm putting my foot down. We pay dues, you know. Ben Tuthill. <laughs> is this, um, uh, 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 uh Carrie? Nope. Poltergeist. How? Yes. Yeah. I just watched Carrie the other night in her house also. Well, her, her house doesn't fold up. It kind of crumbles. At the end of Poltergeist, the house folds into a tiny little ball and disappears. And their neighbor, <laughs> I had to look this up. I had to do some research to find out what the neighbor's name was and the, the Cuesta Verde housing division. But Mr. Tuthill is their neighbor. And it's always one of those scenes that made me weird out is that they're in the scene before this they're like rolling a joint you don't see them smoke it but then they just show up at their neighbor's house stoned out of their minds mm -hmm. like laughing about it and you're like what's right. going on here and i never noticed that as a kid when i was adult i'm like 
wow, they are baked out of their brains <laughs> talking to their neighbor. I watched that within the last year and I thought the same exact thing about the same exact scene. Yeah. <laughs> That's so this is the one that to the homeowners association? Yes. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I know damn well my insurance doesn't cover it. <laughs> Not letting this go like the squirrel thing. <laughs> All right, oh, give me your are... give me your big one, man. Let's see it. What do we got? I hope this hits as hard as I hope it does because this one I put some research into. I had to figure out some times and shit. Okay, Grandpa Rick. Oh, geez, this is going to be a hard letter to write. <laughs> Knowing I'll never see you again makes it a little easier and stuff. I'm saying goodbye or whatever. After we almost got killed getting that plasma shard from the Epandango cluster, I realized how dangerous you are. You're going to get me killed again. Or in this timeline, or, or whatever. I still don't really get this infinite universe stuff. I, 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 I think that you're toxic, Rick. That thought was confirmed when I actually saw a toxic you. You'll be happy to know that in the episode where we had our toxins removed, the metaphor was too big for even my Smith brain to miss. <laughs> you're, you're poison, Rick. When I was free of my own toxins and stuff, I realized that, 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 that that's, that's why I didn't want to rejoin with them. When I saw that you meant to recombine us with our toxins, I ran from you. For a time, I hid in the one place I knew you would never look, could never look, the Citadel. Oh! Pretty good thinking for a Morty, huh? While I was there, free of my doubt and full of confidence and stuff, I met a lot of new friends while wanting to change the Citadel in the galaxy for the better. One of them was a bright young boy named, well, well named Morty. <laughs> <laughs> he was alone because his Rick died saving his life. Some universe that must be, huh? Everything there was all switched around. This Morty had had yellow pants and a blue shirt. He had to get new clothes when we switched places behind your back after you forced me to remerge with my toxins. That, 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 that's right, Rick. The Morty that's been with you lately hasn't been your original Morty. While I was on the Citadel, away from you, I realized that I didn't need you. I, 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 I was actually better without you, and I decided to help other Mortys in my position. I worked for a few nonprofits and even spent a little time campaigning for a Morty president. Then I realized the best way to help Mortys was to protect them, so I joined the police force. That's right, I'm not a sidekick anymore. I'm a cop now, patrolling the streets near Morty Town. I'm going to make a difference here. I feel good. I feel good. I feel different. Feels kind of good to get out of that yellow shirt. Give, 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 give Summer a hug for me, Morty. <laughs> That's freaking good, dude. <clears throat> That's I tried good. really hard to make like everything line up, and I went back with different episodes and watched different shit. I figured, like, when could he have switched places with somebody? Just Morty's killing Morty's. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I'm, that was my idea from the get-go, but then I was going back and forth toying between either that or having him be the Morty that tries to expose the Morty president and then gets blown out of the airlock. Yeah. I thought this one was a little bit better, though. I don't know why. I like I liked the idea of this Morty trying something new and then getting so fucking embittered by it and then being that, that shitty Morty cop. Yeah. Ugh. I love that show. And this is one, like, you turned me on to Bad Seed and some of these great old ones, but I'm glad that I got to share Rick and Morty with you. That was a lot of fun. Oh, for sure. And I, I love this fucking show. I can't... I watched this episode, the the Rick Lantis mix-up or whatever it's called. I watched this one like four or five times just for this 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 letter. That's awesome, man. That's really funny. <laughs> and like, this is a show where that kind of shit could happen all the time. Like, that's so cool. I got I got a couple that didn't get written, but some ideas that I could throw out while brainstorming with my wife. She goes... You could do like an apartments.com review for Fiddler's Green. And I was like, it took me a second. I was like, did you just throw out a George Romero Land of the Dead reference? <laughs> she was like, yeah, I like that movie. And it was That's like a woman you locked down. That was one of the first like movies, zombie movies I took her to. And, and, and I'm glad that she even like she remembered the name of the place. That's so cool to me. Like off the top of her head. Yeah. Just like she just threw that out there, like a fiddler's green apartments.com reference. I was like, that's so awesome. Wow. Another one that she threw out that didn't that I, I didn't develop was a Jonathan Gold review of Soylent Green. 
Another one that I, I wrote down but didn't do was a letter from Biff's bully buddy, the one that wears the 3D glasses. Nice. That would be a good one. And it's like, I, I don't know where it goes, but it ends with him like, I can still taste the manure in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> the last one is, it's two of the same thing, but it's a letter from a parent being like, I was watching your television broadcast of... And it's either the end of They Live or the howling where Mm -hmm. and the end of They Live, they break the device that's making people not see the aliens and everybody just sees aliens on TV. And the howling, a woman comes on the news and is like, I'm a werewolf. Ah." Just watched that literally yesterday. I like that movie. It's a good movie. So what what would the the idea was? A parent being like, I was watching that movie with my children and (laughs) you put a werewolf on. I'm offended. Like whatever, whatever the offense would be, what they saw or like... You know, I think it's terrible that you're doing pranks on TV. Now my kids think werewolves and aliens are real, like whatever it, whatever it is. But that there's, that's a kind of a trope in horror movies when it's like, expose it to the world and what the parents would be pissed about over that. I only have one that I didn't write. What I wanted it to be like was in Saving Private Ryan, there's a voiceover narration of this letter to the mother whose sons have died in in glorious battle. And it's got an Abraham Lincoln quote and everything. I thought it might be a little bit too much of a stretch to to not only maintain its own joke, but I didn't think it would be as funny. But I wanted to write a letter of condolence from the Rebel Alliance to the Ewok who was killed's family. (laughs) 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 And it would be like super serious and solemn. And I was going to I was going to mention something about grieving Ewok, the one who comes over and goes. Uh, oh, the saddest <laughs> part of that movie. Uh. But yeah, we see one Ewok get killed, and I wanted to write like you know the you know the the galaxy is now free, and the destruction of the second Death Star, and blah blah blah, because of the sacrifices that Uk Chong made, you know, on the battlefield that day or whatever. But I just never. And you just cut to that Ewok scratching his head, looking at it, and then like throws it <laughs> in the fire, <laughs> like nibbles on a corner of it, and is like, yep, <laughs> yep. <laughs> hysterical that's a really good one you could do so many ones for star wars like hilarious yeah, letters there's a million of that because it's it's just such a rich universe that you could very easily get correspondence between two or more characters that's yeah there's plenty more that we can do here this is i feel like this dear should mom be a, i got a job on Jabba sail barge i get to hang out on in the beautiful desert sun making cocktails <laughs> they gave my job to a droid Good news, Mom. I'm the pusher-inner at Jabba's Jabba's Skiff. I get the coolest job. I get to push bad guys off a little diving board. I know you don't need to push people off a diving board, but they're going into a a Sarlacc pit. Did I say that? (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, we could come up with tons of these. So funny. (laughs) Wilro Hood. The only one we overlapped on was Wilro Hood. Of all the people in all the movies, I can't believe you saw that coming, too. I didn't know I was going to do that until, like, really close like maybe two days ago i was that was the one i was sure like when i wrote you i i texted rumi and i was like i'm concerned that we're gonna have overlap that was the one i was thinking of oh see you were ahead of because at that point i did not have that idea yet i did not i had not sat down and fleshed much of anything out by then oh man that was so good dude i'm so glad we did this that was funny as hell if you guys have any good ideas or anything that you think would be funny to hear correspondence between two characters, let us know. Shoot us an email, put it up on the website, put it up on the social media. Yeah. Let us know. We would love to hear what you guys think would be funny. You can email us at launchpadpod at gmail.com. Send us these letters. Let's see if we get anything from a, a correspondence to a background character or a personal letter or a Yelp review. Uh, that would be hysterical. I would love to see what you guys come up with. We love the creativity from you guys. Big shout out to everybody who's been listening to us here and abroad. It's been amazing. Uh, we had such a good month last month, and this month is shaping up really well. It's just amazing, all the responses we get. Keep up with us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Launchpad Pod. And don't forget to destroy your Mondays with the official comic book of the Launchpad Podcast, Destroyer. It's on our website, launchpadpod.com. Until next time, guys, we're the Rocketeers. Rumi, let's blast this thing off. Do we have to do a countdown? What are we going to count down? The funniest ones? We don't have to. I'm asking. Oh, we could do a countdown. Why not? Do you, do you want to? I it's think we pulp. should. Like, it's our thing. <laughs>
<laughs> isn't it? Like, like, I, don't, I just didn't know if this one was like something you could count down. Yeah, that's the thing. We can wait to things that are more countdownable. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ruby, you ready to blast this thing off? You got it. All right. Whoopsh. That was awesome. I mean, Will. Uh, yeah, Woodrow Hood would absolutely Will be Will Hood one. would be number one. I should write you a letter about how we should have counted down. <laughs> Dear Rumi, <laughs> we should have counted down. Love, oh, Rumi. Dude, when we were doing the scream and we had letters about Dear Buckknife Corporation, your knife. <laughs> I forgot about that. Much too big. <laughs> there are guts in my dear. <laughs> <laughs> that cannot be removed with the length of this knife. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 